it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Bunani woman, it's baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. If you sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Striped straws, striped straws, you know I love you, you, you know I love you, striped straws, striped straws, you're where my car starts, when I tell people often cast their clothes. Striped straws, I just want you to know. Saying suck your mum is like food to my soul. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Ooh, yes, it is. <laughs> So, in a very weird way, that song I'm recording because it's Mother's Day and um, I don't know, I I don't feel in the best of moods, but I I strangely feel calm. I strangely feel something else. I can't quite um, say what it is, but that song was Boys to Men, Mama. um, And obviously I changed the words, but it's Mama, you're the queen of my heart. Um, Your love is like tears from the stars. Mama, I just want you to know, loving you is like food to my soul. So happy Mother's Day, belated Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Those not necessarily that have birthed people, but you've mothered them, you've raised them, not your boyfriends or your husbands. I'm not talking about them, but just, you know, generally, you know, you've been out here nurturing and caring for our communities. Um, The mothers that I've gone ahead of, you know, passed on into the spiritual realm and the mothers that are still here. We rate you all. We rate you all. Thank you. Um, before I get into the things, obviously my name is Kelechi Okafor and this is SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind and unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mum. And I don't know if I'm happy to be here what I will say off the top, just so the people them know, is that I'll be doing a live, uh, a live show, a live SYM uh, podcast show where we'll interact with each other via Zoom. I'll do a tarot reading. Um, I'll bring up some subjects that we'll talk about together. It'll be more of a discussion rather than like me, you know, you know, fronting the whole thing. So we'll be talking and them things there. The tickets are now on sale. You can get yourself. There's only 33. I just felt inclined. I felt when I prayed about it and stuff. I only want 33 people upon all the thousands of people that listen to this podcast. I only want 33 people. So if by the time you go there, don't send me any DMs, don't send me any emails, the places are gone. I might do another one maybe uh, the week after, but for now, 
there are the, just those 33 uh, places because I think that there should be a place where we have that feels safe, that we can discuss all the fuckery that's happening right now, but I'll delve into all of that shortly. So if you want to get yourself a space... You just need to go to kalechiokafor.com forward slash shop. That's kalechiokafor.com forward slash shop. And they'll be really, really interesting. Those of you who managed to make it to my website, since a lot of you like to fucking spell my name incorrectly. So good luck finding the site when you keep calling me Kalechni. So <laughs> you can head over there and and get yourself one of the 33 spaces and when you book remember to write your email address in the notes section or if there's any I think I would have put a note section but even if I didn't like um the get me your email like send me your email um and your order number if you can do that to sym at kalechiokafor.com and then I'll add all of the people 33 people who have like bought their spaces it'll be five pounds 55 555 because we're in an era of conflict and change so that's why i wanted the number 555 so five pounds 55 um and you can just send me a message if it doesn't give you the notes section to be able to um you know write me your email address that you want me to use to add you to the meetup to the zoom uh, meeting. I'm sure so many of you who are working from home are fucking tired of Zoom by now, but you don't have to dress fancy. You don't have to do anything. So just come through and we'll talk the things. I've chosen to do it on Thursday, 26th of March at 6pm. So if you're listening to this on a Monday, it'll be this Thursday at 6pm. That's London time, GMT. I don't know if the time would have changed by then, but if it has, either way, 6pm, where, you know, London time, basically. Um, That's when we'll be meeting there. If you're late, please don't be late. Don't piss me off. 6pm on the dot, we're going to be starting the ting um, and I'll add you all so we can do that. But I just, I definitely think that there needs to be a space for discussion um, about all the things that are happening right now. And I'm willing to kind of hold that space um, for us. I'm not on social media currently because everything is annoying me. Like literally everyone's pissing me off. So I didn't feel the desire to come on and do happy mother's day and show you whatever gifts or whatever I've received or whatever. Cause I'm just not in the mood. I just think that everyone's fucking mad and I refuse to join in the madness. This is the exact same way I felt when, um, People were loving off Spice Girls when they were loving off Britney Spears, when um, people were saying that Pippa, Pippa Middleton had a back off when she was, um, you know, the maid of honour at Kate's wedding um, to, to to William when she was holding the train and people were talking about her booty-licious booty and wanting her to host booty workouts when all I saw was one flat ironing board. So like, this isn't the first time that the world has gone mad in a way that I refuse to participate in. I'm, I feel the same way when like England are pay, playing any sort of sports, when it's the Olympics or whatever. I just don't ever want to join into the fervor. I just don't. I hate it. So I usually find that around those times, I sort of back away from the internet because I just think that people are moving mad and I just don't want to uh, be a part of it. It just, yeah, it really rubs me up the wrong way. So I just didn't want to uh, be there. And obviously I'm in a mood. I'm in a mood and I'm fucking frustrated and I'm pissed off about the fact that I've had to shut 
my pole dance studio indefinitely because of all of this stuff that's happening. And I don't need the whole fake patriotism where it's like, oh, but you're doing it to make it easier for our workers, um, you know, our NHS workers and our doctors and our this and that. No, don't get me wrong. I understand all of that. When I tell you that, I understand every single part of that. I understand it with all of my heart and big up all of the people that I know who are out there, who are doing what they need to do with this whole, um, you know, situation that's happening. I really, really rate you. At the same time, I can rate you and still see that the government is moving fucking mad. And it's not just the government. It's like the the high echelons of society, those, those people who are, um, who basically dictate where power goes in this society. I can see what they're doing, uh, at least a fraction of it. I can't see all of it, but I can see a fraction of it. And it's frustrating me that more people can't see this and everyone is just riding this wave of emotion that's necessary for propaganda to really, um, permeate every aspect of our society. And I just, yeah, it's, it's really fucking off to me. And people are like, oh yeah, but the government said that they'll do this, they'll do that. No, it's not just about money. Fuck the money. It's not just about the money. It's the fact that people like myself, black British women or have been out here, black people generally, wherever you are in the world, have been out here like carving out businesses, um, carving out businesses from nothing in, um, in situation in industries that didn't want us there. And you've been carving out all of this stuff and they just go boom, shut just like that. And then you're meant to get on with it. That is where... I've focused all of my energy, my blood, sweat and tears. Like I've cried over that business more times than I can bear to even share to make it what it is, to have grown it to the point where it is. And it's just like, oh yeah, you can shut, you can shut. But then it's interesting all the other places that can remain open and just how people's um, rhetoric is changing to support all of these things. But I'll get into that shortly. I won't go, I won't go ham just yet. I'll save that. But to me, the studio is my first baby before I had the miscarriage, before I had left. Like that was the first thing that I've loved so much that I dedicated so much to. So I am allowed to be in my feelings about having to shut down and then not knowing when everything will be back or the, and noting that the the support that the government um, allegedly want to give isn't even substantial really isn't sufficient at all for the myriad of things that I do in my life and 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 I give out to the community into the world so yeah I just didn't want to be on social media because I know that some people sending me mad messages will piss me off like it will just really really piss me off but anyway let's get into the tarot I hope you're all well. I hope you're all well. But this is uh, this is the first time I've really felt like the tarot cards that I've pulled for this episode uh, or for an episode were strangely talking directly to me and wanted me to share that with you all. So it's like it wants me to drag myself um, on air or, you know, to drag myself on this podcast. But let's go with it. So the first card that came out, it's all very earth-like energy, which is very, very interesting because Saturn is doing mad moves at the moment. Saturn, I think, currently is in Aquarius. Um, And previously, I think it was in Capricorn. So Saturn is about structure. It's about tradition. It's about the ways that things were and not wanting us to just remain in that way. It's a very kind of earth-like energy, um, wanting to ground us, wanting to show us what everything truly means. And I'm predominantly water, you know, in, in my my birth chart and um, I'm an air sign, you know, my sun sign's an air sign. So 
for me, I like being fluid and I like being airy fairy and I just like thinking about the world the way that I would like it to be. Whereas what the energy currently is, is that I'm being forced to kind of see things like as they are. And it's really, really sad. Um, and it's not the first time because, you know, when um, Leona Nicole Black came on the podcast um, on the episode, Love Costs Many Things, Leona and I were talking about the fact that something was going to happen this year because that was recorded in, what, 2019. We we're talking about something happening this year that would force people to reconsider the way that we're moving in society and how we are operating and make a lot of people go underground. But that under- underground was really kind of like an inward because, you know, with self-isolation, people are being asked to stay in and suddenly it's changed the structure of how everybody works, but also showing us the structures that no longer serve us so we can understand that all along it never had to be like this in the first place, um, but it being done that way just because it's the way it's always been done, but there can be another way. And yeah, and so I would recommend maybe going back and listening to that episode um, as well because there were there were some gems there. Like Leona is incredibly intelligent, but also just not just intelligent in the cerebral sense, but you know in the spiritual sense. I just think she's wonderful. So it'll be good to kind of go back and listen to that because there were many many uh, points of wisdom there that I think would serve really well at this time because a lot of um, intuitives and everyone had felt this coming, this change, this shift coming. A lot of astrologers had said that this is going to happen. Um, and here we are, you know, here we are, but it's what we're doing with it. Or are we trying to find another way to desensitize and continue the way things were just in a different environment? So the first card that came out is the Knight of Pentacles. The Knight of Pentacles, you see a dark horse, um, and um, a figure sitting on the horse wearing like a denim jacket or denim shirt and jeans. I'm using the modern witch tarot deck and holding one single coin in their hand and just looking straight forward like a very stoic um, expression, facial expression. The horse isn't moving, which is why I think is important. The Knight of Pentacles, I think, is there, that energy of this is your chance. This is an opportunity that you're being gifted in order to make something that will be a steady and and solid change. You know, that one coin that the knight is bringing out is just like, yeah, here you are. You are now, pretty much I see myself as the dark horse because I always find that I kind of, everything about this podcast, everything that I do, it, it doesn't fit into like mainstream narratives of what is popular and things like that. So I've always kind of seen myself as a dark horse. And I guess as um, a collective, anyone who I guess listens to this podcast in some way, you are also a dark horse and you exist um, outside um, of what happens in mainstream society. Even if in some aspects you're very much ingrained, very much involved in what's happening, there is, an, there is a side of you that knows more. There is a side of you that has dreams, that has premonitions, that you, you are here because there is a purpose that you are serving for the greater good of all. And whether you choose to ignore it or not, this is the time that you're now being called. And you can choose to answer. You can choose to answer or you can choose to not. It's up to you. But you're just going to be reminded that this is going to happen with or without you. So you need to either basically choose a side, you know, choose a side. Are you going to be... Um, here to do you are you going to do what you are you've been called here to do in terms of shedding light and helping as many people to evolve as possible or are you just going to chill there and be like you know what I don't even think I want to do that in this lifetime and that's okay too not every lifetime fight some lifetimes you might just want to chill rest and just be with the fuckery that's okay too but the reason that you see things the reason that you feel things this is the reason that you hear things is because um you 
are here to help the community and it's whether you choose to take on that responsibility or not that's where free will comes in nobody's going to force you you have all of the gifts you have all of the things in your backpack you know you have everything there but you have to choose whether you're going to get those things out and use them or you're just going to keep struggling across the terrain it's really up to you but it's um, in this card of the Knight of Pentacles, you see greenery in the background. So there is, it's, a, it's a fertile time. And the next card that follows after that, again, greenery, we see spring, we see rabbits, we see the Queen of Pentacles make an appearance and she's holding a coin again. So for some people, this is like a, a birthing energy as well, um, a, time, a, new, a time for new beginnings or literally giving birth to a child or something. So, but you're, so you're starting a new beginning. And for others, it's that idea that the knight of pentacles is gifting you something that the life is gifting you an opportunity right now to create something new that's going to take time for it to grow in the way that it needs to grow but you are the perfect person to nurture it to fruition you are the perfect person for this thing to blossom and to be cared for because what we're being told here i guess is that we need a motherly um, type of energy we need something that's going to give us not and this is where I don't want to conflate motherhood with nurturing because um womanhood with you know nurturing I'm just talking about the feminine energy here the divine feminine energy of nurturing and of creating right so there's a new season a new new time for things to be done and we see again mountains so this isn't going to be an easy feat it's not something that you kind of do and it's a quick turnaround you have to be committed the same way when someone is growing a child it takes so you know over nine months to kind of grow this child it's a steady process because everything has to be in place everything has to grow in a manner that will allow for that child to um, thrive in life and to thrive in this environment. So that's the way that you have to look at the new foundations, I guess, that we need to put in place. And it's interesting that, again, you saw pentacles, pentacles, and I was talking to you about Saturn being this kind of like very earthy, very grounding energy, like, oh, you thought you were going to chill up here, but you're not going to chill up here. You're going to chill you're going to be grounded and you're going to get the work done. And the work isn't easy because um, Saturn stays for a while when it um, makes these transitions, it stays there for a while. So the lessons can be learned. This is about lesson learning. We have a lesson to learn as humanity and we have a lesson to learn as individuals. And in this time and space where we find ourselves, our individual destinies are aligning with the destiny of humanity. So we're going to have to move in a particular way. Um, and that's why the Queen of Pentacles is there, you know, that divine feminine energy that's that's with the changing of the season. So it's not just this changing of the seasons that we're talking about in terms of, you know, moving from winter to spring. No, we're talking about a changing of seasons, a changing of power, a changing of um, governorship. Um, you know, this is what the change is. And that's why the divine feminine, um, the very soul of creation of this earth is asking all of us to wake up and be like, okay, it's time for you to do what you came here to do. And it's not just, you're going to do it once. You have to wake up because you're going to be doing this over a long period of time. And there's different stages to waking up, you know, you know, and we just have to be on that journey or not. The next card that came out again, earth energy, we've got the page of pentacles, the page of pentacles in reverse. And in the, again, in the skyline, this time I see greenery. I still, I see like central park and I also see the, like the New York skyline in the background. And you see a little, um, a young person with, um, their backpack on and they're holding out the coin and they're holding it up to the sun almost and they're wearing little cute red converses. 
To me, this is saying like, this isn't the time to second guess your t- yourself. This isn't the time to play like a small pekin. This isn't the time to play like a small person, like a small girl, like a small baby boy, baby girl, baby non-binary. This isn't the time to play small. Like you, you feel, I guess, in some sense is powerless against everything that's happening in society right now, but you have all of the power that you need. So it's about taking these young opportunities and getting ready to grow them into something else and just being asked to think differently to all the ways that you thought before. And I'm saying this, I'm saying this to myself as well, thinking differently to all of the ways that you've thought before, like this is your time to not be, you know, because why, why I'm saying this is because we've got the queen of pentacles, right? She's grown, she's got, you know, flowing Afro hair, just you know cascading down she's wearing one sickening um you know orange little outfit dress thing and then we've got this um page of pentacles who looks almost like the younger version of the queen of pentacles where her hair hasn't really you know grown out to where you know the queen of pentacles hair is and yeah she just seems younger so I feel like it's speaking to the inner child as well and then when I think about my inner child I think about all of the things I've gone through I often find that I'm thinking oh I don't know if I should go into there and just feeling this inherent fear and again like I've said in previous previous episodes um where there is fear there can be no love and just understanding the true power that you have and letting that power come through even if you've grown up in the city all of your life you need to understand that you are still no less than the trees and the stars like we know in the desert desiderata of happiness you're no less than any of these things that are out there um that are wondrous and wonderful you're part of all of that and you're part of nature so to even when you're working within this very um contrived time cycle that's created for us by capitalism understanding that you have the power to remove yourself from that and realign yourself with the timeline of nature and surrendering to nature and learning from nature and seeing how things are actually moving looking at the way that you know nature is moving to understand what's happening because all of these other things are asking us to move contrary to that and then the next card is a major arcana the last two cards are major arcanas the high priestess is upright and the high priestess is interesting because she's got her laptop on her knee and she's doing her work and it looks like she because she's got um this kind of curtain this backdrop it looks like pomegranates she's got this uh backdrop it looks like maybe she's doing video calls as well so that's what another reason why I think it's funny that I'm doing the zoom um live show the live podcast show as well because I feel like I'm being shown that this is my role as like the high priestess and that energy of the queen of pentacles but very much feeling like the transition between being queen of pentacles in terms of this business-like um persona that I have and being able to create a lot in terms of content and in terms of business and things like that, I need to turn the page of pentacles upright to that little girl inside of me that's like, oh, I don't know if I really want to do this and being fearful of the um, responsibility and the task and the assignment that I know is clearly in front of me that I need to take up so I can transition into that high priestess and be the responsible soul that I need to be for, for my community, you know, and and still being a stylish baby girl because she's really wearing that cape. Mama is wearing that cape, okay? Um, and she's got her foot just over the crescent moon as well. So just saying that this is a celestial um, appointment. This is a, a celestial in, um, initiation that you can choose as long as you want to play small. Eventually, you're going to have to make the 
conscious choice of whether you're going to remain that way or whether you're going to like step into your power. And I feel like this is it. You know, the high priestess, the high priestess is here with her laptop to talk about stepping into that power and doing what needs to be done for the community. Um, But this isn't a kind of sacrificial lamb energy. High priestess isn't here to come and die for anybody or take paracetamol for anybody else's headache. But she's here to thrive and to be joyful as well as saying we can all be joyful, too, if we just look at these systems that aren't allowing for us to be or they've socialized us and taught us that there is no real way for us to to be happy um and this is just the way it is and we should just keep continuously buying products to feign happiness when that is actually a lie and the last card is the hermit in reverse where we see um again a baby girl wearing a cloak and she's got like gray hair um and it's just she's very cute she's closing her laptop to me she's closing her laptop down and that's what we see Uh, If the hermit was upright, she's retreating, she's going back, she's going away or they're going away like, oh, I need time away. And that's pretty much what I did. I was just like, fuck all of this shit. I can't stand everything right now. I'm going away. No socials. Bye. But to me, it feels strongly that the spirit guides are like, oh, you can throw your little girl tantrum if you want. You can throw your little page of pentacles tantrum if you want to. That doesn't change the fact that you now need to come out of your strop, come out of your tantrum, come out of hiding, because essentially, no matter how you want to frame it, you're doing this because you want to hide again from the reality that's there, because you know that you have the power within you to challenge the things that you're being told, even if everybody is going in a particular way and you want to go the opposite way. You know that there is a way within you that you can challenge all of what's going on. But you would rather be like, oh, I don't want to feel all of those feelings of being ostracized or looking like the crazy one or the angry one. So I'm just not going to say anything and I'm just going to go away. No, no, that's not the um, karmic assignment that you were given. You chose to come here at this time. You chose to be here at this time because you wanted to help. You wanted to help in some way, not to sacrifice yourself, but to show people that there, there can be another way. And to show yourself that there can be another way through your lived experiences. So this is the time really to come out of hiding. That isn't to say that you still don't take time to yourself to like reflect and meditate and rejuvenate. But this isn't what you're doing. You're throwing a strop and you're backing out. Come back. And it's not that, you know, you have to come back in a way that's like desperate because a lot of people are like, oh my God, this is shut down. So here are my online workouts. Come and see my online workouts. Oh my God, we're going to be working out online. Oh my God, you don't want to turn into a fat shit at home. And then, gosh, again, we're still upholding all of the pillars of capitalism. We're still out here being uh, fat phobic. We're still out here being transphobic and all of the phobics. We're still out here um, perpetuating the same bigotry, the same ableism, doing all of that. We're just doing it even more online that isn't the way that any of this is meant to work and I chose instinctively when my partner was like oh well you know we close the studio you can always teach classes if you want online I was like you know what as a black woman I feel like my worth is inextricably linked to my productivity that's what society has told me throughout history and actually I'm going to kick against it I haven't had a moment to rest really in my life since I got to, I want to say less, yeah, since I got to England when I was like five, I haven't had a moment really to rest because there's always been something that's been challenging my personhood, that's been invading my space, that's been violating me and I've been fighting against it, whether it was just by merely existing or out, you know, or outwardly speaking out. 
I've always been working. I've been out here grinding from early. And I know that that's a reality for many of you as well. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't now currently, I don't want to jump online. I go to school all of the gal them when it comes to online, you know, dance classes and all of that. I could body a lot of people, but that is not what I want to do right now. Everybody do what everybody's doing. I feel like I just need to chill. So like I said, there's a difference between me and actually me actually chilling and me just being like, well, fuck everything. I don't want to be online and fuck everybody. So it's just finding that balance. Life is about balance and I'm trying to strike that balance. But I just think the cards are very interesting in how earth like they are. And that's a different energy for me because like I said, I'm very much water. I'm very much air, just like la, 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 la. Um, and understanding that, no, there's a time for everything. And now I need to stand my ground. I need, And that's the card that comes up whenever I pull cards from my personal deck that I use just for myself. Um, or sometimes Lev pulls the cards out for me. Um, and that's the same message I've been getting in those cards. Like, babes, ground yourself. Stand your ground. Don't let any motherfucker shake you. You are here to stay. And it's going to be a hard slog but there is victory at the end of it. And that's all I need to know that there's victory at the end of it. And I'll keep going. If you know that even if it's not in this lifetime, well, I think it will be because I don't, I think, I don't think everyone needs that kind of message like that right now. Um, so from the Marcella Kroll deck, let me just see Wagwan. I'm just wiping everything, but you know how it be, you know how it is. You'll notice today I'm not rushing. I'm not rushing because I ain't got to rush, you know, <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> just joking I know sometimes maybe it's too soon too soon but honestly you just gotta laugh because if you don't laugh I don't know what you're gonna do so 22 wow again grounded grounded is the card that came out in the Marcella Kroll deck it says here have you been feeling spacey confused or unable to focus drawing this card means your energy is scattered or you're not fully connected to your body time to reconnect with your physical body and its connection to the earth meditation being outdoors movement and root vegetables can all help with you feeling more grounded well in terms of the being outdoors, uh, that's not aging well. So I don't know if um, people should really be uh, doing the outdoors bit right now, but meditation connecting to body definitely matters. When I tell you I did one sick meditation the other day, it wasn't even long, you know, I was just on the sofa um, and I decided to go into that space that I usually go to. And when I got there, I was told to read James chapter four, verse 13 to 17. And I went and read it and it was just the message, I guess, that, that, um, I needed. Let me see if I can pull it up while I'm still doing all this tarot stuff. But it was just the message that for me, um, was necessary, um, during everything that's happening. I prefer the King James version. Don't ask me why, because, um, I don't know if he's a pagan or not, but well, not pagan. You know what I mean? Bad choice of words. Um, it says here, Go now, go to now ye that say today or tomorrow will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get again. Whereas ye know not uh, what shall be on the morrow for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Ye, uh, for ye, uh, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord we uh, will, we shall live and do this or that. Um, I'll stop there because... The other bits I don't really um, agree with. But I just wanted to read that because I think it's important to recognize that um, everything we do is because it has been, 
we've been allowed the energetic space for, for that to happen. So I think that over time we've just become, again, due to capitalism, I would say, we've become very individualistic in the sense that we are here going, well, this is going to happen and this is going to happen next and this is going to happen next, not realising just how little control we have when we compare us and when we look at ourselves in respect to nature. Like nature will body all of us any time, any time nature will catch our clout. So it's understanding that when we have aspirations, when we have things, this is what I love about the word um, inshallah. Um, I love it because it's, you know, God willing, you know, this is the, what I want to do, God willing, you know, and I think that that's important that everything that we set out to do in our lives, we put it to the, to the will of our highest good, because oftentimes we spend the entirety of our lives doing things and frustrating ourselves because we're trying in this physical body that we're in having this amnesia that we have spiritually, because we're in this physical body, we forget that everything has a divine line that it's following and a divine narrative that it's following. That's not to say that we don't have any say, but I feel like sometimes the say really happened um, before we entered into a physical body and then we kind of just play it out. I don't know. I've still got to kind of hash out all of those things and be able to articulate it in a way that's more eloquent. But where I'm driving to with this ultimately is that consider in your physical body that you want whatever you're doing to align with your highest good always. That way you'll feel more that connectedness to your body and to your spirit. You're trying to make them connect into one. So whatever you're wanting to do of the physical body still aligns with your spiritual body. Um, Whereas we're being led to feel otherwise, we're being asked to not feel or to feel these surface emotions that are actually rather reactionary and rather than sitting with and through um, feelings that we might deem as more negative when they're not. Feelings can't be positive or negative. They're just feelings like we're the ones that um, give them um, labels, you know, and we shy away from some when we're happy to feel others. So, yeah, I just I wanted to share that. Sorry, might be random and just really off, but I just, I wanted to share that thinking and maybe we can explore it more, um, for those who come to the live show on Thursday. So number 50, it says here is spiritual cleansing, but here it says, um, psychic. So she didn't do the card properly. It says here, it's a time for a spiritual cleansing of the body, mind, or spaces, which we reside. There is an imbalance, stuck energies or heaviness in your environment that needs to be released before proceeding further. Exactly. A lot of what's happening now um, with fear and panic and hysteria, although I find that word rather misogynistic, um, all of the things that are happening now is making the energy around very, very dense, very, very dense and cloudy and murky. So a lot of us can't see a way through. We don't actually know what we're doing, but it's just like, ah, this person's outside. Ah, people are dying. And rather than sitting there, and understanding what's taking place so we can deal with it in a manner that um, makes sense. That's not really what we're seeing taking place right now. And as part of part of spiritual cleansing, as I guess as well, it's also a cleansing of social media, cleansing of your timelines and things like that, because algorithms are there so they can um, keep giving you things and showing you things that 
make you have a certain reaction. And so you behave in a particular way. And therefore we're keeping the panic going. We're keeping all of the fear going. We're keeping all of this very death-like energy. But even death in, in and of itself is a cleansing. That's not to, for me to be insensitive and say all of this is happening. And it's oh, so cool and it's cleansing. No, no, no. But I'm saying that even in these situations, we're being called to see what's happening. We're being called to behave differently, to approach things a lot more differently, thus cleansing our usual habits and, um, and mannerisms and, and behaviors. So there's just a lot happening that I wish more people would sit down and think about rather than running online to make endless videos or jumping on live um, and, you know, do that as, as you see fit. But when it becomes that you're doing it out of a distraction um, or a sense of, oh, I need to be seen, otherwise I don't exist. Well, then something else is at play that would need to be addressed, in my opinion. It's my opinion. And anyway, the last card is uh, from the Say Your Mind affirmation card deck. It says, I attract people with short lips and short throats. It says we have to intentionally ward off the audacious people who use their long lips and throats to spout things that could mess with our energies. The universe will honor our discernment by aligning us with people who are better suited to us. Again, a cleansing is happening there. This is allowing us to align ourselves with, with um, you know, ideologies and um, behaviours that we see value in and we see as ethical. People are showing themselves. I feel like Boris Johnson and all, all of these men, Trump, all of them are showing their, they're showing their absolute asses, and you can choose to see it and choose to move differently when all of this is, um, when we've moved past all of this or choose not to and remain where you are. It's your personal problem at the end of the day. So that's that for the tarot deck. I'm just trying to not rush. So I make sure I cover everything. Cause sometimes I do not. And I'm looking at my list later on, like my notes and like, Oh fuck, I was meant to say that. But sometimes I just jump. So Anyway, let's um, let's jump to share your magnificence. Is share your magnificence right? Because sometimes I just say wild, wild things um, when I'm recording all of this stuff. So yeah, share your magnificence. I'll read a letter actually that I've got out um, here. It says, "Dearest Kalechi, dearest Kalechi, magnificent Kalechi, you speak to the soul of so many people. My words, I'm sure, will seem trivial. Never. Even so, I wanted to tell you that through your work with Say Your Mind, you have allowed me to channel my anger, to not be afraid or ashamed of it, and to use it for the good of those more vulnerable than myself. Thank you. I listened to your episode, Barbershop um, Coronacles, and to your story about challenging the barber and his customer, the good old working class white man, when they express comments in public setting that were rooted in racism, your power and magnificence in the handling of the situation and halting them in their move in their moving mad tracks was inspirational. I thought to myself, I must write down your words and keep them ready for you said the things I have wanted to to in those situations, but not known how to. The power of your story sat nested within me. Two days later, uh, two days later on my family WhatsApp chat, my uncle posted what he viewed as a joke, but was a comment blatantly rooted in a deep racism of the Chinese. 
I've grown up in a family that has nourished me and loved me. However, there's been deep unspoken racism, the kind that none of them are aware of or admit to, the kind that makes me nervous to watch the news with them, the I'm not racist, but kind, the common kind. Whenever in the past I've challenged them on their beliefs, I've always been met with, calm down, you're too much, stop acting out, stop overreacting. We come from a different time, a different upbringing. You have to understand that, be quiet. Your words boiled in me along with my rage when I saw the message. No more, I thought. Not today. I will not be complicit in this fuckery. Guan, my gal. <laughs> Um, I put my boiling in a rage monster on the start line and called him out. I commented that his message was racist. Simple. The truth. He replied with, that's not racist at all. I have not felt able to confront them, confront them on their beliefs for a long time. So my words are not as eloquent as yours. I replied that if you couldn't recount that joke to a Chinese person, then it is offensive and racist. He retorted that he absolutely would recount it to a Chinese person and his Chinese colleagues would find it funny. He reminded me that he has been working in China since 1989. I replied that exposure does not make you exempt of racism. As your, to your colleagues, there are many reasons why they would laugh at that recording. Maybe Maybe they do genuinely find it funny, maybe not, to which he didn't respond. I acknowledge my answers, my answers would seem by uh, many to be tame, but not pushing things far um, and not pushing things far enough. But I really want again to thank you because this in my family is unheard of and unprecedented that I even challenged such a comment. Not that it should matter, but my uncle is very well educated, intelligent, rich, confident, and a white Zimbabwean who fought in the guerrilla war to keep Zimbabwe as Rhodesia. So he has often been a formidable and scary character in our family dynamic. But collectively, the thing that really, truly, madly, deeply pissed me off, like the other hairdresser in your story, was the response from my other family members. They laughed it off. One cousin wrote, let's all take a deep breath. The other sent a laughing emoji. My grandma wrote heaven's children and my mother worst of all private messaged me telling me to leave it alone and not take things any further excusing his behavior because of his life experiences no ma'am not today I told my mother thanks but no no thanks that if he's going to be racist I'm going to call him out on it and it was his decision to spread the poison I told her I loved her but I didn't that I didn't ask for her opinion and that I would decide where I leave the conversation I also asked my cousin, who is early 20s, living in London, why he made his own infantilizing comments. I made clear my fears to him that he that what he saw was a means to diffuse the situation only enabled his father to continue spreading his racist beliefs free from challenge. It's my own small story, nothing monumental, nothing well damaged, not, nothing well changing, but you've empowered me to be ready to harness the anger, to continue to grow and to learn and to continue holding myself and those I love to account and to do the work. I will not be blind or silent again. You are my heroine. Keep doing you and sharing your magnificence. I can't wait to keep listening to your work for the years to come. Send you lots of, um, send you all the blessings in the world. Thank you, baby girl. Thank you, baby girl. Two slaps on your chest. When I tell you I fucking love it, I fucking love it when you send me messages about the way that you're channeling your anger and telling your family members to go suck out, yeah? I love it because some might say, oh, but you know, you just need to go and do it. You don't need to come and tell me that you've done it. No, 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 no. I actually enjoy, come and tell me, come and tell me the way that you've dealt with them because it's not easy. And 
oftentimes I don't want people, especially the white people, the non-black people that listen to this. I don't want you to feel like I'm just going to go out there as if your family dynamics don't matter. Your family dynamics matter just as much as any of our family dynamics. So I understand that it can be a very scary thing to say to them, no, 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 no. This isn't going to run. Like, I don't appreciate this. This is racist. Um, I don't like it. Yes, like I said, people might want to ostracize you, just like the Page of Pentacles in reverse in the card reading. People might want to make you feel like you're the fool for pointing this out. They might even want to create a different WhatsApp group that doesn't include you because they feel like you're a bit too sensitive or this and that. Let them do what they need to do. But what you're showing them is that their comments are not appreciated. And if they need to crawl further and further and further into the caves whence they came from, that's where they should go. They can fuck right off. You know, it's not easy to challenge family members. It really, really isn't. But I applaud all of you that do it. I know that it comes at a cost. But if we don't start the change from inside our homes, what can we do outside? How are we going to change the world? All of you are doing marching, 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 marching up and down, up and down, up and down, pow mal, to, um, and outside the houses of parliament because you want this and that change. But in your actual home, in your actual WhatsApp groups, you have family members, boyfriends, girlfriends, friends that move mad constantly and and you don't know how to call them out. And we're going to actually talk about that later on in Straw of the Week. But the way that some of you don't call out your friends, but you still give them platforms to move mad. We're going to get there. But what I'm saying right now is that it's so easy to look outwards and say, oh, I'm going to fight for this societal change. Almost as if you're hoping that that will be the shortcut to you dealing with the internal change that needs to happen in your homes and within yourselves. And I'm talking to myself as well. Any conflict that we see happening on the in the outside world right now is merely a reflection of the inner cl- conflict that we all have going on. And we have to start the inner world. This is why rest, meditation, rejuvenation, all of that is so important so we can be fortified to, to really look at ourselves, break down all of the things that we're doing, all the habits, all the foundations that we've created for ourselves that are not serving us. Once we start looking in dismantling dismantling those and realizing how hard it is to dismantle those, only then will we have the true strength, the true integrity to go outside and deal with everything that's happening there. You know, so all of this matters. So big up yourself, baby girl, for doing what needed to be done with your family. I know it can't be easy. Um, your uncle's a prick. Uh, I just wanted to put that one out there. Um, no shade. Your, your uncle's um, a colonialist prick. And and I commend you for telling him about himself because it's always all Chinese people would have found it funny. Would they? Well, maybe they were just laughing along with you because it's awkward for them. Yeah. I've got a Chinese mate. They find it funny. They hate your guts. They hate your guts. They probably take locks of your hair when you don't realize it. And they put it in front of their deities, hoping that the deity can strike you down and you don't even know you're there doing ha 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 pricks. Anyway. That's what I wanted to share for Share Your Magnificence. Now, So You Mad is fucking long. Um, And it's long because there are so many aspects that um, link into one another. I think a great starting point would be to start with the announcement that um, the search for Madeleine McCann, I'm going to repeat that again, the search for Madeline McCann, and you would hopefully know Madeline McCann by now from listening to previous episodes and just by existing in the world. She went missing ages ago, um, little girl. And we know that, well, I feel like we should all know that the people who did what they did, um, <coughs> parents. Um, anyway, so it's been announced that the search for Mad- uh, Madeline McCann is 
being halted or, you know, temporarily suspended uh, because of coronavirus. I want to scream. You're telling me that we're still looking for this one girl. We're still looking for this one. We're still looking for this one girl. Um, not to say that don't look for her, but this is why I'm inclined to believe that she's not a real girl. If she's a real girl, then I'm still sticking with the fact that it's interesting that her parents were extremely negligent. They left them inside the um, villa uh, apartment and went downstairs across the way to go and have drinks and whatever, left the children in there. And then the child was allegedly abducted, allegedly, right? That's on one hand, but I still believe that she's a government document because we're still searching for this one girl. How many other people have gone missing since? And it's still this one chick that we're looking for. It's, it's wild. But to say that coronavirus is now halted looking for her. I mean, um, you know, uh, okay. Okay. Um, it's just rather odd. It's rather odd. And many, many things are happening in government that doesn't make any damn sense to me. You know, this talk of, oh, well, we're going to have to suspend our investigations looking for her. Well, you know, the money was definitely needed elsewhere. But I guess because her parents have connections, we're going to keep pretending to look for her. Um, And now the coronavirus has stopped that pretending for a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. It's just like... I guess the best place to start with all of this is to put out a disclaimer that says, I know one thing, and that is that I know nothing, right? But I'm going to put forward right now a couple of hypothetical situations. Just a couple of hypothetical situations. We are all free to either take it or leave it. Whatever sits with you, cool. Whatever doesn't, dash it in the bin, all right? I believe definitely definitely that the this virus that's going around is a thing definitely definitely people are dying at an exponential rate people are affected at an exponential rate i i see this and i empathize and i understand um this virus is unlike anything that people have seen before in the same way that the flu um um, virus is always changing year on year and so you need different medication for it year on year this is unlike something that people have ever seen so it's going to take them a while i guess like they said to make the vaccines and all of this cool i get that I just wonder if it's possible that things are at play that would incite a new world order. Just follow me for a bit. Just follow me down my yellow brick road just for a little bit, right? So this virus is happening. Governments knew that it was going to happen. They've known about all of this stuff for a while, they knew the industries that it would affect. So like Trump and his mandem, they started selling off shares here and there prior to announcing it to the public, um, you know, that this this was definitely um, a virus that we all need to take seriously. They got rid of their shares first um, while they still had value, because if they were to say this ahead of time, then the shares would lose value. So they got rid of those shares, but they bought shares in different types of firms like biotech firms. Okay. Cool. 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 Stay with me. So once they now have these new shares, 
there need for there to be a demand for the supplies of these new companies. So there is um, propaganda that is pushed and pushed and pushed. And propaganda can only work really if you've got fear. You have to make people work from a place of emotion. You have to make people very, very emotional about this, this, uh, these things and, and make them police each other in a way that we're seeing happening on social media. You know, these random accounts are popping up out of nowhere. These anonymous accounts um, of people say, you know, this is happening here and this is happening here. And, oh, look, the water is much clearer here. And um, elephants are laughing and getting drunk in the tea fields and all of this stuff, it almost seems as if a narrative is being pushed that, oh, it's best that you stay inside. Wait. Again, I'm not saying that self-isolation isn't the way that we need to go. I just wonder who is self-isolation benefiting? We're being told that we're doing it to benefit the uh, people who are vulnerable. Again, can we assess the term vulnerable, because it's relative, Abby, because for centuries, black and brown people, disabled people, um, people who are, are seen as mentally ill, all of that have been vulnerable. Yet society has not shown them the empathy that they deserve. We're being told about knife crime, knife crime, knife crime. Um, more people have died from this than um, what is currently happening. But obviously we haven't seen this play out over a period of time in the way that we're seeing it play out in other places like Italy and things like that. But it's just interesting that, again, that wasn't met with empathy. That was met, met with criminalization. Okay, cool. So everyone stay in, stay in. We want you to stay in because we want you to care for the elderly and those who could be at risk of this um, virus. Right. The same people that um, have worked all of their lives, they've worked all of their lives, um, paid taxes all of their lives, never caught a Ross Clark break, only for you at the, when they finish working and they've retired for you to give them shit, absolute pittance in terms of a pension because you said, oh, it's the age of austerity. We don't have any money to give them. We don't have any money, but we surprisingly always have money for wars. Ah! We always have money for ammunition. We always have money for an imagined fear, an imagined um, invasion. We always have money for those things. Hmm. Very interesting. But now all of us should care, should care for the poor, even though many of us in our societies have been caring for these people. Um, and, you know, we've been caring for the vulnerable as we see them. We've been caring for them for throughout our lives. But then suddenly now you want to care. And the way um, for us to do this is um, to stay home. Wonderful. Okay, cool. Who told us to do this? Who told us that this is important for us to do well we've been told that it's important for us to do this by the world health organization now like i said i know that i know nothing like i'm just an idiot out in these streets right cool right the World Health Organization is primarily funded by Bill Gates, who um, recently stepped down as, you know, chairing uh, Microsoft and them and there. And he's really moved into um, what they call philanthropy or philanthrocapitalism, um, which to me is an oxymoron, but okay, whatever. So he's moved into this field and um, he's got the Bill and Melinda Gates, whatever foundation, him and his wife, that that's their foundation. And they like to put money into um, 
finding uh, you know, cures for things like HIV AIDS and malaria. Although interestingly enough, they're no longer looking for a cure for malaria. They've decided that that's not really feasible. So instead they're looking at preventative measures like insecticide covered nets, um, you know, mosquito nets and, and medication. It's just interesting to me though, because I just hypothetically, of course, hypothetically, hypothetically, of course, that was, um, is it, uh, what's his name? Hypothet- Fantasia and Life Jennings. That's a tune. Anyway, let me get back on track. So, um, wouldn't it be interesting if there was a cure for malaria? Because then they're cured and, you know, cured um, and there's a vaccine for it and we're just done with it forever. What would that mean for the continent of Africa? Maybe more people are able to work. Maybe less people are dying unnecessarily, therefore making the economy more robust. I don't know. I'm still thinking it out. I don't have any answers. Um, but there's money to be made. If we just let the problem ride out, we make money on the preventative measures like the nets and, and the medication, you know, so after you take it, then you get malaria again, you take it again, you know, we just keep the same thing going. So one of the primary, um, funders of the World Health Organization is, um, the Bill and Melinda Gates or Melinda Bill Gates, whatever they want to call themselves, that foundation, cool, cool, cool. Um, they also have, uh, ties, very, very strong ties to the World Bank. Now, that's interesting that the World Health Organization has such strong ties to the World Bank. You might be like, oh, well, of course, you know, they need funding to be able to implement all of these public health things around the world. Hmm. Okay. But it's just interesting because, um, according to the World Bank, In 2003, over 350 million people, more than half of Africa's population of 682 million at that point, lived below the poverty line. Um, And then why that's interesting is because when you compare it to 1994 and what they were earning then, there's been a 75% increase. So since the World Bank started doing Higgy Hagar in Africa, there's been a decrease in um, earnings because obviously the countries have to pay mad interest rates for the loans that they need because, you know, their um, their natural resources are taken and sold off and they're not actually the ones making money from it. So they've got mad interest rates. So they basically stay um, in a developing state um, or underdeveloped state um, and mortality increases as well. So, oh, it's just very, very interesting to me that these two organizations uh, work hand in hand together and are funded by this particular organization, by this um, person who is very, very into tech. And so whenever we look at everything, go back, 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 any of the uh, things that we're being told to do, we're being told to do. Um, because the World Health Organization says so, um, who the current head of the World Health Organization is a man who actually wanted to make um, Robert Mugabe, when he was alive, a goodwill ambassador for their World Health Organization. I don't need to refresh your memory about um, the things that Robert Mugabe actually did during the time that he was alive in his later life, you know, and how that wasn't very healthy for you know, he's, he's citizens, but okay, whatever. Although that was revoked, I think like literally the next day when he wanted to make Robert Mugabe, um, 
the uh, a goodwill ambassador for them. So it just there's just many things that's happening that I find very, very interesting. And I'm taking my time to break it down to you. So it's not like I'm ranting here. I'm just showing you the dots that I'm connecting and how I'm seeing two plus two, but I don't know what I'm ending up with. Right. Again, I'm stressing that this virus, definitely, definitely a real thing, definitely happening. The things that are being done though, I don't believe are for our health or for the health of the vulnerable at all. What we're using this to do is to introduce the idea of a technocracy, which I'll go into shortly, and the idea of a sort of Orwellian global state. Um, Because if we have no individual currency and we're all operating under one thing and we know everything is cashless, then things can just move slightly differently. But we'll, 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 we'll get into that um later on. So still following all of this, yeah, this isn't, let's play a play um, around and say that this isn't a public health issue. And this is actually a way of um, shutting and stopping small businesses. So the gap between the working class and the higher, um, you know, parts of society, the gap becomes more vast. And I'll break down why I think that that is the case. So the World Health Organization who, you know, are here telling everybody, well, you should do this. And they're the ones who are solely reporting um, all of the death rates and 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 conflating this and that with this and that. They're the ones doing all of that, thus feeding into the fear as far as I'm concerned and giving it over, giving it over to people as information. Right. They're doing this. It's interesting because when Taiwan said that they would like access to um, the mortality rates and the, um, you know, the 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 active rates of whatever of the people who are affected by this virus, they were denied the information. They were denied access to this because China didn't want them to have it. Now, for me, if you are a world World Health Organization, surely you can't be biased against the people who want access to information for the good of their citizens. You know, because if you're not giving them access to the inter- information, how can they better protect their citizens? So, well, from the moment you've politicized that aspect of everything. I basically think you're a dickhead, but right. We keep moving. We keep moving. So they've suggested all of these things. And then suddenly Bill Gates has popped up and he's got, Oh, Hey babes, you know, for a while, I just had a feeling that this pandemic was going to happen. So I've got testing kits allegedly, like I've got, I've got testing kits. I've got testing kits that all you need to do is put the swab in your nose. Like we've been developing this. You just need to put the swab in your nose, send it over to our lab and it'll be tested and the results will be given to you within two days. Okay. Now I'm going to take you back to what I said about a technocracy. Um, A technocracy where technology is God. Yeah. A technology, technology is power. Now for a technocracy to be robust, to be sustainable, technocracy, the currency is data, right? So the more data you have, data is more valuable than money, right? In this current society that we live in. And we're seeing that with social media apps and everything else, where the um, news of all of this and everything that's happening and all the fear and all the panic and all the um, constructed um, feel good tweets that people are putting out to only to be shown as baseless that people are putting out. They're all um, cultivated on these social media apps. Okay. So 
Um, with a technocracy, the currency will be data. So if you have been preparing for this for a while and you can provide these testing kits, surely it's in your best interest for people to be fearful enough, to be in a panic enough, to desire these testing kits, really, really need them, really, really need these testing kits. And you sell them off to each of the governments or where, however you want to do it, because I don't think you're giving it out for free, but you sell it off to all of these individual governments and they give it to their, um, to their citizens. Um, their citizens use this nose swab. They do what they need to do. They're basically, that's their DNA. Yeah. And they send it to your lab because you're the main person who's been prepared for this. And you've got all of this testing kits available, right? They send it to your lab. So you basically you collect data about all of these different populations. You have it. You solely have that data. And everyone has to come to you to get that data. And you're the same person that says that you have your foundation as a means of um, for, uh, furthering the interests of you and your wife. That is the main reason that you have this foundation. Right. Cool. And your interests are in developing me uh, medicines and developing um, different technologies around um, health. Funny that because you also have people who have worked on your projects and stuff that say you want to silence certain things because you want to push a particular agenda. But me, I don't know because I haven't been working for you. Anyway, so this seems really long winded, but I'm really taking my time to break it down so we, we can all end up hopefully seeing where I'm coming from with this. So you then have all of this data, which means that when you run your tests um, and you have everyone's names and addresses and, and their DNA, um, um, you know, everything, you've got, you've got all of these things and you're doing your medicines and you're doing that. You are also a believer that intellectual property um, also has to apply to um, medicines, right? Cool. But when you have it, you don't want to share it with anybody else. So you want to charge a particular price, I imagine, for these medicines and these technologies that I imagine um, countries in Africa wouldn't be able to afford. And when they want to synthesize what you've created, they're not going to be legally allowed to, therefore keeping the power with you because you have all of the data and all of the technology to keep doing the things that you're doing. And obviously then with your links to the, you being the main person that funds the World Health Organization, you can um, perpetuate certain narratives so as to keep a certain type of um, feeling going globally so as to create a necessity for what you have to sell. Again, Kelechi knows nothing. Kelechi is just a baby girl. And I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to understand. I just feel like if you had the true interest of vulnerable communities at heart, things would be done slightly differently. We would be looking at the structures in place that keeps um, the countries in Africa in a perpetual state of needing right? We would be looking at that, but it's almost like we don't want to address that because we want to keep them where they're at. And we just want to be giving them short-term solutions, um, which all seems rather odd. All seems very, very odd. But again, what do I know? You know, I'm just trying to understand everything. 
Then we've got Trump who pops up after he's basically communicated allegedly to all of these people that um, they should sell off their shares and they should buy shares in biotech, which is where um, homeboy Gates is thriving at this moment. And Trump is tweeting like, oh, well, you can use this type of medication and mix it with this kind of medication and it will help with um, the coronavirus. How much do you want to bet that he's got something to do with the specific medication that he's put out, especially since lots of other people were tweeting like, "Uh -uh, I'm an actual biochemist and I'm telling you, do not mix those two things together. Don't do it. Misinformation out there everywhere. Boris the other week was talking about herd immunity and oh, how he was shaking hands with um, coronavirus patients and how he's even going to go and see his mum on Mother's Day and um, saying all of these things only to come back the next week, literally the next week um, and go, oh no, 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 no. Everybody stay in your house. Everybody stay in your house. You're all going to die. It's almost as if the people who are governing our countries know absolutely nothing and they too are going where the money is and they will tell us what they need to tell us in order to keep getting their money and leaving us in particular situations and it's just funny that suddenly all the things that we were asking for as a society all the things that the labor party for instance were like oh we can implement these and you motherfuckers were like no that's ridiculous that's never gonna work now suddenly everybody's needing support suddenly they're giving us things that is actually our right as citizens they're giving it to us as if oh here you go we're just doing this to help you out making themselves look benevolent, making themselves look um, lovely and wonderful in this situation when you're actually just giving us what is our right in the first place as taxpaying citizens, like this was our right in the, th- in the first place, but you're not even giving it to people who are self-employed or freelancers. It's like, go fuck, you know, fuck them, even though they've contributed, what, 275 million in terms in, in tax over the past few years. But, you know, they they don't matter. You know, no, there's nothing really in place for them. Me as a studio owner that you said, oh, yeah, you know what? Shut your thing down because, you know, we've got to consider public health, public health. What? Eight people gather in my studio um, in each class. Eight to ten people gather in each studio. Okay, fine. We're taking into account that they've got to travel there. They make contact with many, many people. Fine, fine, fine. But supermarkets stay there. That's not me saying that supermarkets shouldn't be there. But who benefits from the supermarkets staying open? Right. Because... There are people who have shares in these um, companies, right? So they don't want them, you know, not being available. So they stay there and you're being told that it's for your good. All right, so we can argue that supermarkets need to stay there because it's for your good. What about churches? What about churches? Nobody's told churches really to, to do anything. Churches are still out there. Is it because of the separation of church and state? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, how would that affect the the Queen Mother or the Queen rather is the head of the Church of England, right? And the Church of England, I think um, they've got like, they're worth 7.8 billion. Uh, I think 7.8 billion. I don't know if it's US dollars. Yeah, I think it's US dollars. Like they're worth 7.8 billion. So the churches stay there. The Vatican is worth over 15 billion US dollars. And again, everyone's doing their own thing. Catholic churches can't tell them nothing. Everyone's still rolling as they're rolling. They haven't shut down yet. People right now, as I'm recording, I can see from my window, people went to church today. They went, nobody told them to stay at home, stay at home. God will meet you at your home. You know, God is wherever you are. Yet there isn't, there hasn't been an announcement, pubs, restaurants, theaters, um, gyms and churches. No, no, no. Churches, 
have been left out of that. And I just find, again, I find that very interesting and who that would benefit and why they wouldn't go against the church and tell church or uh, religious um, um, venues to close. If you know more than me, let me know. Because like I said, me, I know nothing. Now, in California, um, these marijuana shops are deemed as um, essential business and they can stay open. Why are they suddenly essential business? Why is it when white people have bought shares and bought um, are now big in the marijuana producing industry suddenly um, it's legal and it matters and it's an essential part of business, but you have locked black and brown people up for decades, for absolute decades, for selling the same product, literally the same product, and you haven't freed them. It's not like they sold it and then you went, oh, we changed our minds and then you freed them. No, 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 no. They're still being, they're still being held. Meanwhile, out on the, on the outside, White people, rich white people are making money. Rich people are making money all the time now because marijuana is an essential business and should therefore stay open. Okay. Certain restaurants can stay open because they're doing takeaway. Right. But the workers, how do we know about their health? Delivery services are still going to kind of bring food to people and people are arguing because again, they're working from a place of emotion. Like, well, you know, health workers, they still need to be able to get food and deliver to them and they need to be able to pop into here and pop into there. But surely we're just keeping the contamination going because if you're working in a hospital and then you've got to pop into this place or get this delivery from this person and we're, you, it's just continuing. So... To me, it's just really, uh, it's all very mind-blowing. And as I'm connecting the dots, it just makes me feel some type of way. I'm even surprised that it was Chelsea Handler that had to put out the tweet about Ra. So marijuana shops are essential businesses that need to stay open, yeah? Cool, 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 cool. Tell that to all of the people that you've locked up for selling marijuana in the past um, and you haven't released them yet. So I thought that was... Um, rather interesting. And then everyone um, jumping on Waterstone's case. Now, I feel like, yeah, Waterstone's moving mad. So many companies moving mad during these times, especially, you know, you've got corner shops and all of them, man, hiking up prices and people like, oh, maybe it's the wholesalers who have hiked up their prices and they're reflecting that. We don't know. I don't know. So I'm just going to leave that bit. But in terms of Waterstone, so this... Um, account appears and it's like, oh, Waterstones is teaching, treating us so badly. They don't give us hand sanitizer. They still expect us to work and they still expect us to do this and to do that. While I don't agree necessarily with the practices of Waterstones and what they're doing currently, right? What I will say though, is that when Waterstones shuts down, being a, a store that sells books, when they have to now close their doors um, because of everything that's happening, where will people go to buy books? Where, you know, and they're, they're already selling lots of books even in the first place, but surely they'll go to Amazon. You know, they'll buy more books on Amazon. So therefore people like Jeff are becoming even richer because he's still delivering. He's not stopping his services. He's not shutting anything down and saying, no, there won't be any more delivery people. No, no, he's still allowed to continue. So essentially they could be ill. They could be interacting with people when they're delivering these parcels or whatever, or however they work in their warehouses. They're still interacting with each other and taking these things out there. So they're not safe either. So like, what is it that you people want? Because you're saying, oh, these are the things that you can do while in self-isolation, but you're still keeping certain industries going and closing down certain others. I would just really, really like for people to kind of do what I'm doing and just sit back and see if the dots 
connect see if the things make sense because to me I'm not really seeing consistency in what we're told to do and the reason that the consistency isn't there is because it is not what it is not for our benefit something is happening here a new kind of um order is being implemented that just means that we have less say and less power and we're more reliant on the state. And when all of this is done, well, those things are going to be in place for at least two years is what they're hoping. And then everyone's working to kind of build themselves back up again. Meanwhile, the people who were rich, phenomenally rich in the beginning remain so. Hmm. 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 Then Sadiq Khan says that, oh, you know, he's managed to secure 300 hotel rooms for, again, helping the hotel to, that hotel chain to keep going, but whatever. Um, He's managed to secure um, 300 hotel rooms for those who are sleeping rough, as he put it for 12 weeks so they can self-isolate. While others may commend him for this and be like, oh, well, that's wonderful. Well, 300 rooms, babes, how many people do we have that are houseless in London alone? let alone the UK. What is that really doing? But okay, cool, 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 cool. But why is it hotels though? Because we also know that there are a number of new builds. There are a number of empty, empty buildings out there that you can put these houseless people in. And so it's not a case of kicking them out after 12 weeks and then going, oh, well, um, Corona, Corona's over. Corona, Corona's over. Back onto the streets you go. Why can't you just put them somewhere where they can stay indefinitely? Is that too much to ask? Hmm. Because... It just seems very interesting is the word I'll use, how all of these things are playing out. Yet people are solely operating from a place of emotion. Everyone's operating solely from a place of um, emotion and not taking time to actually break down what it is we are being told and what we are being asked to do. And I'm noticing more people who I would have expected better from to who are like, oh, we need to actually get the army out on the streets and we need to get tanks and actually get these people to stay in their homes because people aren't staying in their homes. And while I do feel like, yeah, on the, in the grand scheme of things, people should be more um, empathetic and actually um, listen to what they're being asked to do rather than going and having picnics in a park just for the sake of what, um, this virus, you know, because we're still saying that the virus is a real thing. Right. Cool. So just for the sake of the virus, stay in your yard. They're not staying in their yard. But look at what you're asking for. You are so ready for this to be the... The, the thing that happens, oh, I'm ready for tanks. Oh, I'm ready for the army. What the same army that we've seen on numerous occasions will go into um, countries and go into vulnerable areas and, um, and violate um, people, violate young women, violate women across the board, children across the board. That is who you're asking for to be out here um, policing us. And even the policing themselves, you're asking for these people to be out here knowing that they disproportionately target black people. You're asking for more of them to be out here to watch us because certain people aren't staying at home. Like are any of you fucking listening to yourselves and what you are willing to give up, the liberties that you're willing to give up for all for the sake of, oh, we've been told, ah, everything's happening. What would have helped is your government giving you clearer instructions, very, very strict instructions and keeping it that way. Lock up the parks. If it's such a big deal, lock up the parks. Do that. Lock up the parks. Do something. 
instead have a curfew i don't know how then you'll turn around and be like well how do we Im- Im- make sure that the curfew runs you're all going to be policing each other anyway so whatever the fuck i don't have all the answers i'm just a baby girl do you get me but what i'm saying is that don't be fucking stupid don't be fucking stupid and start saying things like oh well i want tanks on the streets and this time i want army on the streets because these people aren't listening the fact of the matter is it's you you fucking dickhead who's going to suffer the brunt of it especially if you have black skin don't be stupid on a day ending with why behave yourself As you can see, I've been thinking about this a lot because there's a lot to think about and it's not enough to just kind of go, oh, you know, we'll go along with it. And all of you keep throwing around this term like, oh, because these are unprecedented times. Oh my God, because these are uncertain times. Let me tell you what is certain. What is certain is that God will prevail, one. But while God is reigning and and God prevailing, There'll be darker forces at work that will want to do very, very base, very, very base, very, very nasty things in order to get themselves more power. And they want to do that by causing chaos, by causing uncertainty. I love that episode of um, House of Cards where um, my guy was just moving mad and he caused a lot of chaos. So then there wouldn't be impeachment. Mm, Sounds very interesting. Again, not that there wasn't a threat, a very real threat. It's just how that threat was played out and conveyed to the masses in order to cause panic. So nobody really knew what they were panicking about. There was just this general dense sense of fear and everyone went with it and worked from a place of emotion so as to um, avoid and shut everything down. And then that way you can't impeach anyone, that way you can't elect anyone while all the madness is happening. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm just hypothetically speaking. So nobody should come and sue me. All right. I'm just thinking out loud, thinking out loud, baby, we are fucked right where we are. Oh, sorry. That was an inspired moment of music. (laughs) Um, then schools, 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 schools. So we're now being told by the government that, um, schools, because these are unprecedented, uncertain times. Oh gosh. Um, teachers will be able to submit the predicted grades that they expected for students as a way for them to get into college and university because they won't be able to take their exams this year because of everything that's happening. We know that teachers are biased. There's racial bias. We are aware of that, right? And I know for one, all those years ago that I was in secondary school where I was predicted like a C or something and I ended up coming out with A stars and A's. Um, All these teachers didn't expect me to do well. And many, many black students have the same story. So it would just be a shame that we're going off teachers that could have inherent bias. Basically, these racist teachers will get to dictate the future of these black students. Um, and I think that's that's fucked. And there'll be lots of disappointment. And I just hope not. I just hope not. But I feel like there should definitely be a window if the students want to take their exams, that they can take their exams and use um which, you know, whichever mark works in their favor. I don't know. I'm I don't know anything I'm just saying. But they should be able to choose which mark they use because this isn't right. You know, the fact that teachers will just be able to say, yeah, 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 that's that's what it is. And, you know, and go from there. Mm, It's very odd. Very, 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 very odd times. Very odd. 
And also the fact that they're saying that schools have closed when actually schools are technically, I think, still open because some children need to still come in, um, children of key workers and things like that. Um, So teachers are still out there, really, still having to interact um, with children and, and themselves and each other and things aren't being made explicitly clear. And I think that that's being done for a reason. And I just wanted to kind of share that with you all because me, I'm not buying the bullshit and I've always been this way. So um, for those of you who were just like, wow, Kalechi's really coming with the theories, really coming with the conspiracies. I'm just saying what I see. You're welcome to see what you see, but I'm very surprised, but also not surprised at the way that humans are controlled um, by emotions and the way that it's easy to control us with emotion and to give us stories um, through social media to get us to politicize ourselves in particular ways, while not actually our well-being isn't at the forefront of why any of this is being done. What we're really doing is making more robust industries that will eventually oppress us. So you're telling me that everyone should self-isolate and rare, 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 but at the same time, um, them man, them supermarkets out there are hiring more staff. So that's more people in a concentrated area, no? Um, you know, oh, this takeaway a br- uh, brand is hiring more staff. Okay, but could they not be possibly contaminated too? So I would venture to say that a lot of this is bullshit. Not the virus, but the way that it's being dealt with or not dealt with so as to create a new type of elite. But... I don't know. So I am minding my business. Um, last of all, in this So You Mad, I'm looking at the Windrush scandal and the Windrush review that's now out, that's basically been buried in all of this that's happening, where it's been said that, oh yeah, you know, these the findings are that all of this happened because of institutional ignorance and they don't want to call it racism because of the McPherson report. The What took place doesn't actually fit um, exactly with the McPherson report, which was released during the Stephen Lawrence um you know, after this um, Stephen Lawrence trial saying that the police is institutionally um, racist. Um, we're being told that, oh, the reason it's um, the Windrush review says that it's institutional, institutional ignorance is because they don't want to say racist because they don't want to be liable, I guess, um, because it doesn't fit the McPherson report. I'm sorry, but I'm not a white man can tell me what um, he wants to say you know, about what racism is and isn't. I'm not going to bet all my, all my, all my ducats on, on what he has said. You know, I'm going to take that, take it with a pinch of salt and still call something what it is because it's because it happened. It happened specifically to black people. It happened specifically to black people. And I know that they were talking about Polish people being in there too, but we're talking about what happened to a large amount of black people. And again, I want to come back to, oh, we've got to do this because we've got to care for the elderly and the vulnerable, right? When the Windrush generation, some of them couldn't get healthcare because apparently they, um, or, you know, they weren't citizens or whatever because their their boarding cards or their landing cards had been destroyed by Theresa May and Amber Rudd. Um, when that had been um, destroyed and they couldn't get health care, 
None of you man cared then. The Home Office and them man didn't care then. That was that was all well and good. That didn't matter then. But all of a sudden, oh my God, we've got to care for the elderly. But you didn't care about them. You didn't when they needed treatment and housing. You didn't care about them. You were ready to send them back to Jamaica. Ready to send them back to where they came from, as you put it. Even so, even though some of them even left when they were very very younger, never even been there. You were ready to send everybody back, regardless of any health implications or whatever. And then all of a sudden now you care and everyone stay in their home. The, tell, what is the truth? What is the truth? Because none of this makes sense. So I just implore you while you're at home to really break down what it is you're seeing. Because remembering that the more things you interact with on social media, the more of that thing will be shown to you. And these things that you're about to retweet and like or whatever, like, oh, look at the swans swimming in Venice because people have stopped doing this and stopped doing that, even though it's an area slightly outside um, of Venice that you're actually showing. And yes, because there are less boats, the water does look clearer in actual Venice, but that's not the point. And when people are told to delete this misinformation, they're like, oh no, but it's gotten like over a hundred thousand retweets. And this is the most retweets I've ever had. So I'm not deleting it. So some of you are actually happy to keep misinformation out there because it feeds your ego. And that's what social media is doing. Everyone's coming out with these emotive um, stories and coming out with people um, videoing, playing music on the balcony and all of this stuff. I'm telling you from now that does fuck all for me. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. You're not going to um, to, 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 to deal with me and to oppress me and give me little sweet things happening on social media to, to get me to conform. I'm not conforming to a rascal thing. I'll tell you that from now. I'm not. So I just implore you all to kind of look carefully at the things that you are retweeting and you're putting out there. Click on the actual um, page and see, have they tweeted anything like this before? Where are they? What are their leanings? What have they been doing prior to this? Check, check, because a lot of these, um, um, a lot of these pages were put there for this reason. We saw it happen with many, many political campaigns. Why do you think it wouldn't happen with this? And then it's 20 years after the fact when everything is unsealed. They're like, ha ha, our bad girl. Ha ha ha. Yeah, we did kind of fuck with you so we could pass some um, legislation through that we wouldn't have otherwise gotten through. Don't play yourselves. In this 2020, don't play yourselves. Yeah, there is going to be more unrest. There's going to be more... Um, of all of this stuff happening in this year because certain shifts need to happen. Certain ways that we look at um, the way that we are governed and the way that we behave in society, there has the foundation was crumbling. The foundation was never, never going to sustain us. It was never going to hold us. And so it's crumbling right beneath and around us to ask us to create something sturdier, something that takes our own humanity into account. And for that reason, that's why I'm just showing you all of the little bits that I've connected um, or that I'm seeing. I haven't necessarily connected them um because something just doesn't seem right to me something doesn't seem right and I just wanted to kind of get that out there anyway let's move on to straw of the week whoa that's been long as fuck damn um let's move on to straw of the week aka suck your mum I've already talked about the fake news spreaders so I won't even go into that um and I'm not talking about fake news as in Donald Trump I'm talking about literally people putting out the things like Venice and all of them things and the elephants getting drunk when actually that's not because of what's happening now and again you have to ask yourself why these stories are being pushed 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 now working with your emotion right now to get you to put those things to almost tell you hey this is a good reason this is why you're doing this you're doing this for the collective you're doing this for this Mm -mm. Because it's not about you and it's not about the collective. Something else is taking place, but whatever. Um, 
then I saw this, uh, you know, that girl, that black girl, I think her name is Letitia, who would do fancy styles with her braids. Let me just find it. So she would do like really cute fancy styles with her braids. Her name is Letitia Kai uh, on Twitter. She says, I'm just tired at this point. I posted a video of me doing jump rope with my braids first time in January. I'm sorry, in February and second time today. And this famous TikToker, Ashley Nocera, um, just copied the whole thing. And when I ask her to give me credit, she deletes all my comments from her post. Appropriation never stops. Cultural appropriation just never stops. No, just appropriating the work of black women never, ever, ever, ever fucking stops. And this is also another reason why I'm not jumping with everybody to go and do online workouts or to share my tips and da 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 online because... I know how quickly people are to take things that you have created with your blood, sweat and twitch. You've created this thing and then they'll co-opt it, put it on their platforms. And maybe because they're white, skinny, blonde, whatever, people will now take it from them and be like, oh my God, look at the creator of this. Look at the creator of that. No, no, no. I have worked too hard on the things I've created to be dashing it online so then people can watch and then go and take it away and try to replicate what I'm doing and then not give me any credit. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. And that's why in the live podcast, it's only to a certain number of people. We'll do what we do. We'll have our chat and we'll go about our business. I'm not opening it out to just everybody because no, no. Because if I, if we as black people don't start protecting our things, this is what's going to continually happen. So um, Letitia Kai is doing um, jump rope with her braids. And then this girl who looks like she's black fishing um, decides to do it with her braids as well. She says, oh, this is my real hair, even though it looks straggly as fuck and it looks horrendous. Um, She gets 286,975 views at this point when, um, you know, Letitia put up this post. And she's then deleting Letitia's comments like, you took this off my page. Why don't you ever want to give credit where it's you? Why do you just like to take people's things? Why? What is it in you? Well, I already know what it is within you. I just wish that you would want to take seasoning and put it on your food as much as you like to take the things that black people produce. God. Anyway, um, she now went and changed um, the caption later on after she'd been bombarded by people coming to um, support Letitia. She now changed the caption and she put inspired by Letitia Kai. She actually had to eventually go and put um who she was inspired by and give credit. She, um, Letitia wrote here, after deleting comments and blocking all the people who called her out, she finally gave the credit to avoid the backlash. Thank you so much for helping me with this. Thank you for having my back. This is what, I feel like a lot of white um, people who are on social media tend to think that their world and the world of black people don't ever mix or collide. So they're very happy. Like the people that took that black girl's dance, they're very happy to take your things thinking that it will never come back to them. Like you don't have the followers that I have. So I'll be able to take your thing, do what I'm doing with it. And you can't tell me a damn thing. And usually they get away with it, but not anymore. I'm glad that they're being called out. If you take anybody's things and you don't give them credit, you deserve to be dragged. You you genuinely deserve to be dragged. I know it's even with like, when I used to do like the whole twerking and meditation thing, I was thinking of at this time doing a workshop, online workshop, 
about um, reigniting and uh, sacral energy during this time where everyone can feel very disconnected from their bodies, especially those who come from generations of trauma, feeling very disconnected from themselves and doing a meditative practice that I usually do in my workshops and and, uh, mixing it with twerk, again, with what I do in my workshops. So if you've ever attended one of my workshops, we always start with a meditative practice and then we start dancing and then we close with a meditative practice. Suddenly everyone wants to, certain people want to start implementing this as well without giving credit that you know what it was it was the baby girl the supreme baby girl that came through with this model this you know of of practice it was it was it was this it, it was our baby girl that did this people are happy to kind of be there and be like i empower women and it's me that's doing this but again i just fall back and let everybody do what they're doing because sometimes it's enough to know that you know what that wouldn't be there because of me whether you like to say it or not i know that wouldn't be there because of me so everyone go forth and prosper um i'll keep creating the things you keep taking the things and it is what it is but i'm again holding back on that workshop because it has to feel right and um i'm not ready to just be dashing it out there so people can appropriate the thing so it is what it is but i just wanted to say to this ashley nocera and other white tiktokers and youtubers and everyone else that likes to steal shit and tweeters that likes to steal shit from black women from black people generally you can go and suck your mothers or do you need us to show you how to do that first so you can steal it and go and do it and then be more profitable with it i don't know just go and suck your mothers you absolute vultures but then vultures only come over carcass and we're thriving. So I don't actually know what to call you, but just know that leeches, because you leeches need people to be alive. So leeches, that's what you are. Societal leeches, content leeches. That's what you fucking are. You can go suck your mothers. Then anyway, um, second to that um, is, well, the last one really. And I um, was going to get here at some point. And I hate talking about this guy, but I feel like it should be documented because people like to create a new version of history that suits them. Um, recently, um, I was I saw a little clip on social media of Mr. Exposed going on somebody's podcast and he was talking about the fact that he's been apologising for ages and I think something like he lost six figures in one year because people keep wanting to bring back up his tweets where he basically said, oh, well, if you like um, hitting women don't hit a light-skinned girl, hit a dark-skinned girl because the bruises don't show and all of them things. Oh, people won't let it rest. People won't stop talking about it. And even in the context of, oh, I was doing a social experiment. What social, what higgy-hagger social experiment were you doing? What higgy-hagger social experiment were you doing? One little page that you threw up online to justify the fuckery when the heat got too much. There was no social experiment. And even what you wrote online, if I tore it to pieces for you right now, tears will fall. Tears will rascal up fall. And I don't want to have to do that because people are going through too much right now don't let me bring out one you're you're, everyone's worried about this virus if i let my mouth loose more people will die you know so let me not let me not because my mouth that virus nothing compares nothing compares to you i'm talking about my mouth okay so i don't want to have to do the dragging that is necessary in this situation. What I will say is because I understand that a lot is happening right now. So rather than adding to hysteria, again, hate the word, so I should stop using it. Rather than adding to the fear, adding to the panic, adding to the aggression, I'm going to say this from a surprisingly loving place. Even I've put it in suck your mum because I do want you to lovingly suck your mother. But I'm going to say this from a surprisingly loving place. You are in the wrong. Rather than 
allowing for the people around you to make you feel like you are in the right. Challenge yourself in this time that we're in with the placement of where Saturn is that asks us to be grounded in our truth and to ground ourselves in foundations that will serve us later on in life and to get rid of the things that will no longer serve us as we want to aspire for more in our life. Get rid of the friends that aren't telling you the truth right now because friends are allowing you to believe that are oh, them ugly things, them clap things, them stupid black girls, them SJWs are the ones that don't want you to prosper firm. Fuck them, man. They always got some kind of drama. They've always got some kind of thing going on. I promise you that they are only trying to hold you in the false reality, in the false matrix that they exist within. That matrix will not serve you. You will get eaten alive. You will not make it through. Change your tactics, change your life, change your ways. Let 2020 be the year that you decide to stop being a fuck boy because it might be hard because your ego wants to be out there right now, wants to be at the forefront let the spiritual part of you, the one that is everlasting, that is eternal, let that part take ownership of this situation and be like, you know what? I was genuinely in the wrong. I've gone away. I've read some things. I've spoken to some people. I realize now how I was in the wrong. And rather than just apologizing from a place of wanting to, to shut people up, I want to apologize sincerely from a place of wanting to do better as a man in a patriarchal society that actively oppresses the divine feminine, I want to do better. And I'm open to learning how I can do better, but I do not want this to be at, um, at the expense of the people and the women around me that could possibly teach me. I just need a teeny bit of direction. We'd appreciate that way more than, oh, well, I've said sorry, I've said sorry lots of times, but some people just don't want to let it go. Because why that is false, it's inaccurate, and it's dangerous is because since that point, you've done other things since. See the Receipts Podcast trademarking scandal. You've done other things since that will tell us that you haven't changed your ways, that you are still being very much violent to black women, and you don't want to desist from this behavior. So you need to sit with yourself or maybe with a therapist and really interrogate what it is about black women doing well or black women being outspoken, especially darker skinned black women, what it is about them that makes you feel like it's okay to make them the target of your vitriol. I'm not asking you to speak for your friends. I'm asking you to speak for yourself. In this day and age, we should be accountable to ourselves about the things that we are perpetuating in society. Do the fuck better. I'm not going to cuss like I would usually. Just do the fuck better. Rather than apologizing, 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 apologies, true, true apologies require changed behavior. What about your behavior have you changed since? Probably nothing because still rolling with the same circle, still doing um, thoughts and letting other people say the bigotry that you wish you could spew on your platforms. If you decide to not change and continue as you are, understand that what's happening in terms of life right now and spiritually for us all is that the world will evolve with or without you. You're slowly being get, you're slowly being left behind because you don't want to own 
your mistakes and your inconsistencies. You don't want to own them. You keep wanting to make the, the, you keep wanting to demonize and vilify the people who are asking you to be accountable. You're still seeing them as the enemy under failing to understand that they're the ones that actually want better for you. The people who are telling you to not um, do anything and to keep going and to keep going, they're the ones that don't want you to evolve. I'm not out here to body anybody. I want you to evolve. I want you to be a great representation of all of us as humanity. I want you to evolve. And that's why I'm telling you that the fuck shit that you've been doing is ridiculous. Own the things, own all of the things and move smart, move with empathy, move with integrity, because if you don't move, you will be moved. It's, it's really that simple. If you don't move, you will be moved by this movement of women, black women who are no longer taking the fuck shit, even if you've got those ones out there who are going lol and, and supporting you. They too eventually will join this side when they get some sense. Then you'll be left alone. Lonely, you're so lonely. You've got nobody to tell you suck your mom. Woo! Anyway, yeah, sorry. Just a little song break there. I just feel like things like, like this need to be addressed. Um, and when you're ready to actually go on a podcast and have a proper conversation rather than being scared of being called out or um, having, you know, or, or being shown yourself really being reflected back to you, I'm always here. I'm always open for the conversation. I think previously I might have said never, ever, ever. But now I'm just like, you know what? Go on a platform that actually asks you to talk sense, to talk sense properly, rather than just allowing you to have a platform where you can spew ahistoric bullshit. Come on a platform, speak properly, tell the truth, move forward. But until then, if you want to keep lying to yourself, you do that. You keep doing that. But um, I keep saying to you and to everybody else, the world is moving and it's going to move on with or without you. So decide where you want to be when all of this is done. And that's that for this week's episode of SYM. I have been Kalechi Okafor. This has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. Woof, it's been a lot. Damn, it's been a very, very long episode. But I hope that the things I've talked about uh, will either... Um, affirm certain things that you've been thinking or make you question some of the things that you've been thinking. Either way, we'll have that conversation Thursday, 26th of March, 6 p.m. London time uh, will be where we'll be discussing £5.55. You can go on to collectiocafor.com forward slash shop and uh, book yourself a place. Remember to give me your email address um, that you'd want me to use to add you to the Zoom um, live podcast ting. Yeah. So you can follow me on at say your mind pod or at Kalechnikov. I almost forgot my own handles there. I'm just wishing you blessings. I'm wishing you good vibes. I'm wishing you protection. I'm wishing you everything. Stay awake. I'm not talking about insomnia, but just stay alert and see everything that's happening around you. What is taking away from your divinity and what is adding to it? Question that. Okay. Anyway, that's it for this week. Uh, if you're just listening to podcast episode, if you're not, I'll see you on Thursday. Otherwise, catch you on the flip side. Peace.
It's the Ben's Brunani womanist Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea We are go sip it, yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind 